0: I stand firmly in the fact that I'm one of the best to ever do this for my city, for my coast, for my, my culture. This is my declaration. This is the best rapper in LA podcast, podcast. 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 What up, though? Welcome back to Best Rapper in Los Angeles. The last one I did. I believe was Varsity Blues, and now we're gonna move on to Felt. Now
1: this is now this is now this is goddamn American rap music. So hop behind the wheel of your Ford, light a stick, do a lap to it, y'all attract to it, it. do it Goddamn American rap, rap music. Rap, music, rap, music, rap, music rap,
0: Overall, in the journey, this is around the year two thousand and one, two thousand and two, pre. God Loves Ugly, I believe, and pre, definitely, pre, end of the beginning, Uh, Slug and I met one night at First Avenue, which is a legendary venue in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It was 1998. We were on tour with Jairo, and... And during the show, I had heard about him, my friend Anachron, uh, who I used to, I had my first rap group with Funky Chaos. Anachron moved to Chicago, where he had got up on the moment, atmosphere,
2: put your quarter up i got first and i'm the type of customer that orders the worst now not the same as any i run the game of plenty i buy my nickels from a dime that goes by the name of penny the last star
0: fight. various other dope midwest underground mcs independent mcs i don't think it was called indie rap by the underground rappers uh and one of them i had heard him mentioned was atmosphere
2: when i first landed the damage was outlandish anguish anxiousness and taking it for granted but when i first landed i was so relieved i lost my focus soon exceeded recommended dosages now i hold the grip that holds the soul
0: that holds the quote i hadn't heard any music i don't think uh and we're on the staircases in first ave and i believe he gave me a tape of overcast before the show and i looked and it said Rhyme stairs, atmosphere and the trick was to get on stage every night when I was with Hyro. If I met someone that was out selling tapes or claimed they were an MC, I would shout them out because I think it's the right thing to do being that Living Legends was in the Bay and we'd open for a lot of people. And if you said shout out to Living Legends or Mystic Journeyman, the crowd would go crazy because we were our hometown favorite, and I wanted to find people getting it like we got it. So on stage, I believe I said, or one of us said, like, shout out to Rhymesayers, and motherfuckers went nuts. And I was like, okay, this is a legitimate crew. This is not just some bedroom rappers. These are people who are getting it like we get it. And uh, we exchanged tapes. He said, oh, I heard of you. And later on, he lets me know, like, uh, he had been hearing freestyles and the Log Cabin stuff and the Three Melancholy Gypsy stuff that have been circulating. Commercial was circulating at that time. I think Back For No Good Reason may have been circulating already. I was selling For Real on that tour. I had a blue tape. So I exchanged For Real with Slug or Sean for Overcast, and that was it. And as I was walking out that night, Idea reminded me that I was a dick to him. and But he came up to me like, you're immersed! And he yelled, like, yelled in my face. Face yelled, face screamed me, and it's like... I was 15 too and I was like I guess that got around like I'm the I'm the youngest person living legends youngest person in melancholy gypsies not that this says much now but at the time and so I you know I was, so Sunspray for instance was recorded when I was 15 years old I um, mean it was circulating and people were loving it so I don't think it's my best rapping but whatever people liked it and it inspired other people like Ideas the youngest dude in sayers. and he was the freestyle battle person same as me in Living Legends so we had a lot in common but he couldn't get all that out he was just like ah, and I was like okay bro and I kind of you know, I never met anybody who knew who I was. it was just weird. It was and so I looked at him like he was weird, and he reminded me years later, because even though Slug and I had that exchange, idea was the first friend I ever had in Rhyme Sayers. Like, took me to his house, introduced me to his mom. We recorded a song, which later got disappeared, and we had a great um man, I can't talk about Mikey without like tearing up, bro. It's fuck. <sighs> I miss Mikey cuz that's the way it is. You start to lose your friends and you don't wanna live.
1: You gotta give it time, and the pain will pass. I miss Walker and Camou and the homie poop. In the days past and days to come, you gotta live your life and make each day your favorite one. In the days pass, and days to come, you gotta live your life.
0: We just had a great connection, man. Uh I forget which tour it was, but it was a couple years later. Maybe it was when I was in town preparing for the God Loves Ugly tour. He took me to his house, and, and we recorded. Or it was when I came back on my solo tour, something before Felt was recorded. Because then, after that, Living Legends went back. They did Night Prowler when I wasn't on tour. I was on tour on the East Coast, opening for Masterminds and Mr. Lift. I believe the Legends went through Minnesota. And so for all the people like that are also always wondering... I was early on dipping out on the Living Legends tours and albums and all that shit. I was on my own, trying to expand. I wanted to meet new people and do new things because where I was going and what I was into always wasn't aligned with what my brothers in Living Legends were were doing. Doesn't make them bad, doesn't make me good. By definition, I am a Melancholy Gypsy, you know, the first rap group I put out stuff with the first rap group was funky Cats, but the first rap group I like put out like real music with was three melancholy gypsies and that's like who I am like I'm a wanderer i'm a I'm a nomad I'm a traveler I'm a storyteller so i, I can't do that staying in one circle of friends or staying in
1: one place I know these suckers didn't fans with that shit that's just way too vicious.
0: sometimes I'm, uh. Uh, so that was the impetus for me to spread my wings and numerous other personal reasons that don't need to be, you know, public knowledge at this point. They did a song called Night Prowler. You, you don't, don't know, know me. me, but you'd like
2: to. Why do you think I stood beside you? Not concerned with how this might fall. Nature become prowl at nightfall. When the sun begins to
1: dim and eventually the day dies. And the moon prepares
0: to sway. And I was the one that played Atmosphere in the, fucking thing the next day, like yo, cause he was like, I own the Camaro and the mobile home. So where the fuck you gonna that was like the realest shit I ever cause I'm the person that puts awkward shit in raps. You know, like that's me. I own the Camaro, Camaro and the
2: mobile, and homes, the mobile so home. where the fuck you going go? I own the Camaro, Camaro and the mobile, and homes, and the mobile so home. where the fuck you gonna go? Go,
0: go, go I think we were aligned from the very beginning, but he ended up doing a song before we ever did a song together. He did a song with Living Legends called Night Prowler. And he did nothing less, which which I got on later.
1: When I'm saying on tracks, nothing less, nothing less.
2: And nothing less, nothing less.
0: They did those, I think, when they were on tour. And then I work with Idea, but that song got deleted or whatever. But man, I went to Mikey's house and uh you know, he's Stupid shit, like it was freezing fucking cold. And he's like, Go to the store with me. And we walked around the corner. And that's the first time I had been in real cold. And my teeth were frozen. My inside of my mouth was cold like I have never felt in my life. And I was like, What the fuck is wrong with you people? And he was laughing his ass off. Then we get back to the house. This motherfucker, bro, has uh, his dog, so beautiful, so cool. I forget the dog's name. But this motherfucker's lick, taking a spoon of peanut butter, licking it, let the dog lick it, then let, then he licked it again. Real, you know, I'm, I'm from the 80s, so cancel me. But like real white people shit, bro. And, you know, there's black people shit. And I, I'll say, you know, I try not to say nigger shit, but there's nigger shit and there's white people shit. And that was some real white. I was like, what the fuck? And then, of course, Idea is literally one of the smartest. Hey, my millennial Gen Z talk, literally, literally. <laughs> Mikey is one of the smartest people I ever met, and so he just instead of being offended, like I'm, I probably said to him because if you know me, you know I speak my mind. I'm learning to rein that in at this age, but I'm like, yo, that's a white people shit. What the fuck is wrong with it? He's like, actually, Merce, the, the dog spit is the third, the cleanest or third most antibacterial saliva in the animal kingdom. Human beings are somewhere down around 28 or something like that. He just gave some fucking weird statistic. I was like, huh? Yeah, it's cleaner for me to lick this than it is to, like, uh, kiss my girlfriend. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know. And from there, we did our song. He showed me, like like me, like I got my strange music chain somewhere in a, a drawer somewhere in a sock, inside of a sock somewhere in my house or in my mom's house. I don't know. He had the Blaze Battle trophy and the jacket, like this brand new averex jacket like thrown in a corner somewhere. Like he did it because this is what he does. You know what I mean? He won the Blaze Battle. If you haven't seen that, try to Google Blaze Battle idea. Did that shit, bro. He killed it.
1: The last two final MCs are about to go at it. you got to get yourself together for this. This determines who wins everything. Coming to the stage. Idea, champion, idea. That's how
2: it goes, on a of straight bus. whack Look at his cap, 25, can't grow a mustache. What's up with that? Your whole style is weak. You get defeated, depleted, your whole style is cheap. Yo, I grab the mic and straight disconnect your face. Yo, it's your turn, but you got second place.
1: we like to congratulate Idea, the Blaze Battle Champion, 2000. Yeah. Idea.
0: This dude, when I say he's smart, I honestly believe that the motherfucker, I could see it now, had a book on rocket science. Like when you like, he was like, oh, it's not rocket science. It was fucking rocket science with Mikey. Like he just highly ingenious level intelligence. Like off, I think my IQ may be when I was tested in school, like a couple points below Genius or right above the line. This motherfucker had to be like Einstein level. Like his rapping, his ideas for rapping, no pun intended. And this was, he had to be maybe 18 at this point. And then we did a song and then I left. Then I went to Chicago and I did an album called The Netherworlds. Netherworlds,
2: bitch. Mm-hmm. Be not your
1: I clout
0: with the sick shit out my big mouth. I go do netherworlds and on that album I had a song called about dedicated to Christina Ricci. And I remember riding with my ex girlfriend somewhere, I believe, and getting a call from Slug. So the next time I see Slug, we'll fast. It's all over the place. Deal with it. We leave First Avenue the next morning. We play. We always play the demos we get. We throw throw your demo out the table. Throw your tape out the window on the freeway. When we finish the night counting our money from selling tapes to G Way, that's a quote from Now You Know, one of the Living Legends' first song.
1: While me and my crew just look at your ass and laugh, then throw your tape out the window on the freeway. We finish the night counting our money from selling tapes to G Way, and that's tax free. Now, if you ask me, all, all you signed. i need to fucking Underground college and under me attain the knowledge on how to properly MC. I'm
0: that's what we would do. So we're in this motor home. And I don't know if we've told the Hyrule story on here, but Hyrule booked us to open for them and they didn't give us any money and <laughs> they didn't, they said, get there how you can. And so we've all pitched in on a motorhome, Picasso, myself, Aesop, Grouch, Eli, Sunspot. I don't know if Arata was with us and Lucky, and maybe Arata, I think it was eight of us in a fucking motorhome and only three people had driver's licenses, Lucky grouch in Picasso so they were doing all the driving I didn't even know how to drive at this point put the atmosphere tape take cassette tape in got to the mobile home part and I'm like looking back I'm like motherfuckers did you hear this and we're not throwing this out on the freeway it was like the single cover with the uh fucking uh the train that had atmosphere on it uh spray uh, atmosphere peace or throw up and I was like I hate saying that word (laughs) atmosphere peace uh And it's definitely, it reminded me of a supermarket from Arizona, who I love, but we would get a lot of corny tapes with graffiti on it, because that was super hip-hop, like it was try-hards, but the cover, if you know Atmosphere, the graffiti on the cover was nothing like the music that I encountered.
2: It's the caffeine, the nicotine, the milligrams of tar. It's my habitat. It needs to be cleaned. It's my car. It's the fast talk they use to abuse and feed my brain. It's the cat box. It needs to be changed. It's the pain. It's women. It's the plight for power. It's government. It's the way you're giving knowledge.
0: Years pass, I hang out with Mikey. Me and Mikey become closer. Slug and does Song of Living Legends. Then I go to Chicago to record the Netherworlds album. I do a song about Christina Ricci. Another, another pause. This is gonna happen a lot. South by Southwest. Back when there were no rappers at South by Southwest. They, they did not want rap at South by Southwest. So much so that the showcase that we had wasn't even on 6th Street or Red River or wherever the fuck. It wasn't even in the in downtown Austin. It was on the outskirts of Austin. Shout out to hip-hop mecca, Doug Scooter, and I can't forget the other brother's name, Dave. Dave, Doug, and Scooter, who, and who really put us down in the beginning. Mad Gods, uh, Watson, that whole Austin, Texas crew—they uh, really pushed for us to be hip hop to be a part of South by Southwest, and now hip hop is taking over South by Southwest. But this is around 1999. This is 2000. They were not fucking with us. And I go on for a sound check, and then by then I have my little feelings about anti and all this has changed. I've become an adult. I have no qualms with them, and I apologize for any 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 um discomfort or inconvenience or slander at this point it wasn't that serious but at the time it was serious to me i was bringing my la sensibilities into a space where they were unnecessary and inappropriate and doesn't make what my some of my feelings were valid just how i responded to those feelings i could have responded better but i think as adults we can all look at that which goes into the inappropriate. So I see slug and I hear he's down with him because he's doing songs with dose and deep puddle dynamics or whatever the fuck. So I'm banging. Like I run up on him like, yo, you atmosphere? I was like, number one. And I said, Are you a homosexual? But in the most unkind and inappropriate way. And number two, are you an anticon? And he was like, I think he was something like, you don't say that, number one, and no, I'm not an anticon. I was like, all right, let's go get some pizza. Or he was like, Let's just go get some pizza, bro. Calm down. And this is from before me realizing the slug's like seven, five to seven years older than me. You could look on Wikipedia. I'm not... So And he's he's mature. He's not a fucking tag banger or a fucking fake crip. Like, he's just a human. So he's like, bro, come on, little guy. Let's go get some fucking pizza, angry little black boy. And we had pizza. We became friendly. And uh, one of the first lessons of many I would learn from him in life. And... Then he heard that I had a song about Christina Ricci, and he had a song about Christina Ricci, and we both were infatuated. Christina Ricci, maybe the only two humans in the world, and thought she was so beautiful, and me talented, like I'd seen all of her films. That was a connection. Soon after that, he gave me a call and said, uh, "I just, you know, got my first living girlfriend." where I was not being a homosexual, where I was paying half of the rent, maybe all of the rent, but I think she was paying half. And I could smoke cigarettes in my house. I paid my own cable. I could play Xbox all day. I could drink beer and smoke cigarettes in my house and fuck where I wanted, when I wanted. Big adult shit happening, okay? Bought my own fucking dining room. My first dining room furniture I was still using the couch that my mom had when I was born. Uh, so thanks that I had my own room for all my shit, my T-shirts, my shoes, um, my skateboards, all that. I had my own man cave in the house. I Had a two-bedroom apartment in Buena Park. I thought I was in a Cadillac. I thought I was doing it. And now, mind you, the Cadillac was a '96 Eldorado. This is about the year 2000. Only older Jewish women drive this car. There's the only people I ever saw, and I, I can say they they look like they, were, they could have been Russian. But Eastern European older looking women <laughs> driving this car with like the blue hair ladies. That's it. And maybe a couple old men, but they would have the four doors. Women had the ETC, the whatever touring coupe. So still, it wasn't n- super old, but it wasn't the newest Cadillac. But I think it was the last Eldorado they made. It was white. I had a parking space. Like I said, I could smoke in my car. I had a six disc CD changer with. Paul Barman, and Pigeon John, and other weird shit I would have in there that you would never see blaring out of a Cadillac.
2: What will we do when we have our own kids? Give them 12-year bids just after the bars come off the cribs? Work within the system? Make them listen to the darkest lecture and the architecture of a prison full of purity guards. Security guards is sure to be hard.
0: A black man with a Cadillac wouldn't be playing that, and black men didn't drive the Cadillac I had. now, that it's uh, used, there was an era when a lot of black men had it because it like, you could buy one for $3,000. I spent $28,000 at a 13% interest on my loan. It was a horrible, maybe it was, maybe it was I spent 20, yeah, 28,000, I think it was 23% interest. It was horrible. I didn't have any credit. I bought it in a parking lot on Central and Adams when they set up a, because they had burned down the grocery store during the riots, and they used to have these used car tent sales in the parking lot, and I bought it there. And I went in and told my mom I signed for it. I bought it, and she's like, "Okay." Um, anyway, Slug says, "Yo, I need to get out of Minneapolis." Like he is um, one of the leaders of the of that of that of that label of that crew. And as I get older, I understand like wanting to step out of it. And I don't know what else he had going on personally. He's like, "But the only way I can get out of here is if I say I'm going to do some work. Let's make an album." R.E.P. Let's make a project. I'm like, all right, I'm into this because I was talking to Locksmith the other day um, for his podcast. The End of Good Music has that uh, quote from Samuel L. Jackson from Mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction. I just want to, you know, walk the earth like Kane and get in adventures or however it goes. And that's what I was really trying to do. Always on some samurai shit trying to learn or, you know, Shaolin or monk. like Trying to travel and just learn new techniques of this art form called rap. And become a master and study with different masters and study at different schools. So I'm going to go to Ideas Basement because he's a fucking freestyle master. Still one of the best freestylers of all time. I'm going to go with Slug. I'm going to go with people I feel like can teach me things. I'm not going to stick... This is art, and everybody's like, you change crews. Like, my crew is living legends. My, my, but before that, my neighbor, I'm from Mid Sea, I'm from Clover, I'm off Cloverdale, I'm from Midtown, from Okie Dog, whatever you want to call it. That is where I'm from. That never changed. But my crew, I've had different people I've been down with and labels, but my crew is always living legends. But this is not a fucking gang, bro. If I wanted to be in a gang, I would have just got jumped in. I'm from a neighborhood that has a gang. I got friends that are in gangs. I can work with other people because this is art. And I seek to refine myself as an artist and be the best artist possible. So I'm not going to be confined to, I'm not going to do a project with somebody I think is dope and is my friend. And nobody in Living Legends was thinking about Christina Ricci. So I'm with it. He flew out. I said, you can stay at my house. I have an extra room. Um, I had a girlfriend that was in the underground rap. She's cool with you staying here. She's honored. You know, and this is still pre God Loves. Ugly. I think he had just finished recording God Loves Ugly. It wasn't out yet, so atmosphere is not the atmosphere of some of you. Like it's Lucy Ford atmosphere, which I played the fuck out of Lucy Ford. Let's let's not uh, skip over the fact that I loved Lucy Ford, and in between this time, I, so this is after varsity because I had opened up a a record store in Tucson, Arizona, called Heaven, and this album this ep lucy ford number one i I was so i had a record store i was ordering the other reason our relationship groups because i was ordering from rhyme stairs for my store and i when i tell you that we couldn't keep the lucy ford wax in stock because it was the blue cover if you're old school you know it like said lucy Ford, bro before it had the full whatever um jake keeler cover there were the, the 12 inches the lucy and the ford I could not keep those in stock. I don't even have any for myself. These I got to call Sean to see if he'll, he keeps like 10 of every record he's ever done. I might have to, he's the kind of motherfucker that might actually make me pay for it. Just kidding. But maybe not. Everybody, all of Tucson, anywhere, if you were into indie hip hop, fucking Funk Crusher Plus, just outside of my crew, but Third Eye Vision, Funk Crusher Plus, and and Lucy Ford were fucking moments. If you want to throw in Almost Famous, or uh, Black Sands of Eternia by Mystic Journeyman or uh, Success is Destiny by Grouch or Good Music by me, that's fine. It's not my place to do so, because it's my crew and I feel like we were definitely doing our thing too. Um, but those records, and if one of our records could be in there, like, ooh, man, those were, to Lucy Ford was everything. And anywhere you went within the scene, everyone knew and respected that as uh, the, the record of the time. So to record with him was an honor to me because, uh, you know, fucking all those songs I Just Might Just... Come on, bro. And I just might just
2: find somebody And I just might just love somebody And I just might just feel somebody I just might just kill somebody And I just might just find somebody I just might just love somebody And I just might just...
0: And I played them in the Cadillac. So now this guest of honor is coming to my house. Somebody, I think, is better than me. I think he makes better music than me. And if you want to be frank, it's just a fact at that point. To me, he was making Ant's production, their thing was better than me. Which led to me like, oh, one of many reasons, oh, I got to work with Ninth and find my guy. Because I had worked with Ant at that point. That's another person. I had already recorded a song with Ant. And that's on Varsity Blues. I knew what kind of pro- a producer I wanted. Somebody that had input into my lyrics that was going to shape the sound and make it real. And so I wasn't on that level yet. I had a little stereo. Sean flew in. Uh, apparently, I probably picked up or Dan Monick picked him up from the airport. Dan Monick is the guy who shot all the photos from three sixteen into the beginning. Varsity Blues one uh, felt one two three and four. Uh, good friend, great, great, great photographer, nice, great human. Maybe Dan picked him up. I picked him up. Somebody picked him up, took him out to Buena Park. He stayed at my house, and we would drive from Orange County to the San Fernando Valley, which is a hike because you got to go through L.A. L.A. County, Orange County, and San Fernando. We had to drive through L.A. County to get to, it was, it, you know, the 405, is a monster, if you know anything about LA. So that's where we were traveling every day. So we would work on our, our our songs, smoke cigarettes, he would have coffee, he was a real adult. He'd go out, I had a pool, he'd go out by my pool in my complex, smoke a cigarette, have his coffee. I didn't drink coffee, but I would drink beer. We would drink beer, smoke cigarettes, and uh, sit at my table or lay on the floor. I remember like laying on the floor. And E-40 does that, as another, <laughs> lays on the floor. He a large individual. When I finally went to do a song with him, he's laying on the floor of his house, typing his raps into a sidekick. Kicked feet up in the air, it's just the illest thing. But I, now we, that's how he wrote Felt. And that's, that's where on that carpet, laying down, smoking cigarettes, Sean Daly taught Nicholas Carter how to count bars. I had been rapping at that point for five years, and no one took time to tell me. How to count one, two, three, one, one, two, three. Rap is so much about rhythm, uh, maybe all about rhythm, and I didn't know how to count bars. So when I tell you he was a better rapper than me, there's so many other reasons to justify it. He was definitely picking the beats for, for the songs, so we decided to have Grouch produce it. I think because he had just finished working with Ann on God Loves Ugly, maybe to cleanse his palate. I don't know. Grouch is an amazing producer. We don't really need an excuse to fuck fucking have Grouch produce. Grouch produced it. Grouch had a place to record, which is great. He had, he had already bought a house. Grouch was the first of us to buy a home from Living Legends, maybe even before Sean bought a home. Grouch was doing very well for himself financially. Bought a home in the Valley, built a studio in the garage. Same studio we did these hands, one in, two in. We're still recording there to this day. A lot of, lot of living legends. Post, almost famous. I would say all living legend stuff has come through that garage. So maybe we should get it claimed as a historical site. But right, yeah, Balboa Lake Balboa area. We went from Brainerd Park to Lake Balboa in the Magic Cadillac, and we got started. First song. Well, first is the intro. Where I said, this is goddamn American rap music. So hop behind the wheel, of your floor, grab a do a lap to it. That was a song that we decided wasn't good enough. Same thing with the outro. And then we just both took our, had jo- grouch, chop them up as um, intros and outros. But definitely was on my American shit. Driving my American car, smoking my American spirit cigarettes, eating fried chicken um, drinking american budweiser very 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 american i think I, was, I don't think i was in a nascar yet but i was moving towards that just kind of owning it the same way Kanye had the confederate flag but a little more intelligent like i can't not be a fucking american and it pisses off southerners and middle americans that think america is theirs so i was into just owning america but being very black and unapologetic while doing American shit, like drinking beer, driving American cars with V eights and shit like that. i had stopped being a vegetarian. So yeah that was that was that was with the, a little bit behind that line. And then we get into the two, which seems to be one of the more popular songs on this uh project, as we can look at the statistics according to Spotify now, which kinda ruins it, but I could kinda tell people like that
2: wicked walk amongst us and you don't know me that well. Probably shouldn't trust the story I tell, but I'm gonna speak it how I saw it cuz I call you my friend. So take a drink from the goblet and sit down, wink. Once upon a time before gas masks at school, back when cash was the golden rule, there were two superheroes who tried to bring love to the earth. One was Slug, the other one was Munch. We both loved comics, that
0: was another thing we had in common. We just kept having things in common. We both had little brothers named Nate. I think that are both taller than us. Slug not by as much as my brother Nate is taller than me. We both have brothers named Nate. We both like Christina Ricci. We both smoke cigarettes. We both uh, read comic books. So I drop like Uncanny, Gamma Blast, like all those things are in there because they're references to comic books. Blasters in the Wrist, definitely a reference to, uh, if you've ever heard the greatest cool Keith song of all time, and it's hard to say for me because I love some fucking cool keys. But Weapon World on Prince Paul's Prince of Thieves. Oh my gosh.
2: Infinite infantry, space text banana clips, skin penetration, directions, information. Roll on your knuckles, get blast in your fingertips. Phases with max and handles, clamp up on your hips. Infrared beams, so sharp, pre shaped pan scenes. Winchester barrels, I sold them at the Christmas palace. With small scopes for miles adjusting to your house. With see through glocks, that's natural. You load with rocks. With vinyl holes.
0: Infinite infantry, space techs, banana clits, skin penetration, directions, information, roll up your knuckles, get blasters in your fingertips, phases with MAC-10 handles clamped upon your hips, infrared re- beams so sharp creature your pants seams, Winchester barrels, assault them at the Christmas carol, with small scopes for mouse adjusting to your house, with see-through glocks that's natural, you low with rocks, come on guys, see-through instead of transparent, anyway, so that's where the blasters in the wrist came from, it was a little homage to Keith. Um, what was another line? Bank account's full of doubt. So we found a way to set up, and find, find it all balanced out. Fast forward years later, we're doing Felt 3. And there's a cold front or whatever the fuck they call it coming. It's about to be below zero for a number of days in Minneapolis. We go to the little organic Whole Foodsy store by Sean's house where we did a lot of the pre-production for Felt 3 because we recorded it in San Francisco. But we always get together. Felt 1 is the last time we... Wrote, well. We kind of did pre-production at my house Then drove to Grouch's house and recorded But it was at the same time on the same trip Now we do Felt albums in two or three trips And the first couple trips are pre-production Where we write, pick beats, record roughs And then go re-record them um, This is not, Felt is not some thrown together shit Every time I do it, I learn something Sean makes sure we put our all into it Grouch, Aesop, Ant always put their all into it Divs Wiz, like anybody that's on it is taking this shit seriously. Um, Mm -hmm. So I believe that all these albums are well produced. I believe that some of my raps, I've got become a better rapper. I believe that Slug has become a better rapper, not that he wasn't great on these projects. And we became better together. We became a better group. All that said, we're in a grocery store preparing for this cold storm. And we are shopping and we're like, yo, this is being rich. Because he too remembers a time where it wasn't, being about being able to go to the store and buy whatever you want. I can buy whatever I want in this store. I can fill up this whole cart and walk out and pay for it. That is a moment, and like that to me is true, true wealth. Just being able to have an abundance. Like, and we just kind of took a moment and kind of like I haven't had that feeling with any other rapper. Like this is balling. Like I don't know about when you pull up in your matching Maybacks or when you guys get the same diamond chain or the same Jordans or whatever the fuck but just the basic human shit and that's why this is one of my best friends in music if not my best best friend in music like we were like man this is fucking amazing like like a moment of gratitude and so for us to come out like you know bank accounts full of doubt like we were struggling at this point like i had a two bedroom apartment you know i think he had a nice apartment you know living with our girlfriends respectively but we had a long way to go um to where we are now and what we were aiming for wasn't just stability off of off of making music and we got it so that's a you know a little uh shoot to the future but bank accounts back then those bank accounts full of doubts uh and then the, yeah the uh magic cadillac eats a lot of gas you heard about the magic cadillac with the high interest rate when the engine eventually blew up on that motherfucker Working, the two got jobs at a record store. That line always stuck with me because I wanted to do a felt movie with Felt 3. I wanted to do a movie in between where we worked at a record store, used the Rhyme Sayers record store, uh, Fifth Element. And film the movie like uh, uh, Empire Records or something, you know. Hopefully, get a cameo from Christina Ricci. She walks in and buys something or gets caught shoplifting. I thought that'd be great. We could write the script. And I thought the Felt movie where we worked at a record store would be great. And that idea came from that line. Um, yeah. Who knows if it'll happen? I, Slug is a great actor, by the way. This is a, um, the, the, the Slug fan club podcast, by the way. After that, We go into Dib's cuts on the end of the two are amazing. Like I said, he took a lot of time doing those. They're well thought of. If you listen to all the cuts, they make sense. It's not just him scratching. We're the baddest. We're the baddest. Like It's sound. It's full. It's dope. Rouch killing on production, that low end West Coast vibes, which I think is why a lot of people didn't like Felt One. But we didn't Also, we didn't know this was Felt One, ladies and gentlemen. This just felt a tribute to Christina Ricci. He named the group. I added the tribute to Christina Ricci part. Uh, the cover. Taken by Dan Monick in his studio in Silver Lake was this is now art gallery, but I think he was the first artist in that space. He used to be a electrical engineer, uh, like a you know electrician's office or building office front, brick and mortar, literally brick. My Cadillac is in the back, and, uh, and Dan Monix, I think that's Dan Monix, a uh, bug. Oh yeah, I had my fuck, I bought my first glassware, of course it was blue, to match my blue dining table, to match my blue sofa, y'all know what it is with me all the time, fake cripping. So, I think I'm holding my blue glass from my house, because it's just ghetto, smoking a cigarette, had a nice fade at the time, shout out to Al at Legends, who was cutting my hair at the time, or maybe it was Lester. One of the two, but it was somebody from 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 Legends or from Pico Legends that was cutting my hair. My new Obey DCs, which I should have kept because they're probably worth money now. Shepherd Ferry DCs, uh, trying to turn sideways so you can see the Obey logo. And Slug just being himself. What a nice guy. Wearing a DJ ability shirt, repping his homies, always doing the right thing. Often if you have it sideways, like I think he started like crossing me out, putting 187, or maybe I started it. When people would bring the records or CDs to get signed and we'd be a part. Uh I forget who did the amazing like uh artistic rendition of Christina and in the inside. It was dope. That was my job back then. Like slug is like I always try to talk business during recording. Felt he's like, bro, let's just do music. But being that I don't have a Sadiq or a J Bird or a Kevin Beecham or uh Sarah Dope or anyone in or Jordan daily, like I don't have a team. I'm always thinking business while I'm thinking art. It's just my mind works that way and I'm from a long line of entrepreneurs. So I'm I think before we even done I had our friend, good friend Mark Onstead, aka Access from Access Hip Hop agreed to put out the album. So it was outside of Rhyme Series. It was just like a it was outside of my record company. It was just something that we both another stream of income. Before, you know, motivational financial gurus on Instagram were telling you to have side hustles and multiple streams of income, we were already thinking that. Making, but also making your hobby or something you're passionate about profitable. So, Mark had agreed to give us an advance, and um, access this is a whole nother story. He's a great individual. He was the first to give Living Legends a website. He was a 40 ish white male that was doing something at, at the University in Theology or Cal Berkeley, something like that. Heard about Mystic Journeymen in the weekly paper, came to their shows, offered to do a website, and help them with their not for profit. He said, okay and then one day he's telling us, like, we, we have a message board. I think we are the second rap group to have a message board. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to start selling your music on the Internet. And this is 1996. And we're like, who is going to buy music on the Internet? But people were, and but still, yeah, like people were sending from our mail order magazines and our mail order catalog he created. People were mailing in money and and uh, money orders, and he was shipping them out. So I was like, okay. And then pretty soon he was able to quit his job and sell Living Legends music full time on the Internet. Then he was able to quit his job and move back home, where he's from, in Southern California, and open up a store in Pacific Beach called Access Hip Hop. And I believe he had just opened Access Hip Hop. And he gave us a deal to put out this record. I don't know how we got there. Oh, we're talking about the cover, all that stuff. So that's the business side of it and the art side. Art side. Now we get into Hot Bars, which is a beloved track.
1: I spit hot bars. I spit on cop cars. I spit game to the chicks that belong to rock stars. Got the goods uptown to Hollywood. So what you don't like us, your girl probably would. Have a good day
2: on the
0: freeways of So the chorus was also a point of contention. But then Slug turned it into a lesson for me. He's like, you don't have to do the same cadence. So like I, I spit hot bars. I'm very straight ahead. Every, even with our lyrics, like, I think what the beauty of felt is like, Slug is very poetic and abstract and I'm very literal and I try to come towards him and I think it's his chance to be more direct and say things he wouldn't say on an atmosphere record and for me it's my chance to just get better at being not so direct and literal. Uh, So... I spit hot bars. I spit on cop cars. I spit gang to the chicks that belong to rock stars. Got the goods uptown to Hollywood. So what you don't like is your girl Pollywood. I'm sure, like we wrote things together. I'm sure the Pollywood part is my part because he doesn't say things like that, nor does he think like that. I think a lot of Atmosphere fans, and some of his friends that rap were disappointed that he was working with me and rapping a certain way and saying certain things. They said as much on the internet, but I'm not going to mention names, but fuck you. (laughs) in the nicest way possible. He said, how about we say, I spit hot bars, I spit on cop cars, I spit games to the chicks that belong to rock stars, got the goods of town to Hollywood. And so he went on a different, I spit, like, and I'm like, yo, this is blowing my mind. Like, usually living legends of people I work with do, we come with someone, you got the hook? Good, it's good. And he's like, let's take it further. Let's do different, very, let's vary in the hook. And I was like, oh, so I don't know if you're, it just sounds pleasing and you don't notice it, but that one is his, like, being behind the beat a little bit, like experimenting with the pocket was something that he taught me on this album. So it was dope. And so we did laid in Two Different Ways. We were playing Supreme Clientele at the time, every day on the way to the studio, smoking cigarettes. On land, on sale, on see. We hit all, it's California Fool, five Beezys in the world. beesies and bleezies. oh my gosh. That's what I was talking like. We could roll up a Bleezys. And Slug always got on me about... Um, like, how do you rap about weed but you don't smoke weed? Cause he was smoking weed and having coffee. Two things I weren't I wasn't doing with him at the time of this album. But yeah, rolling up a bleezy and he's like, you don't even smoke. And I'm just like, bro, like if you're from New York and you don't take the subway, you can still rap about the subway. It's a big it's a big part of New York City. You know what I mean? Like, weed is a part of LA culture. And I had just stopped selling weed. So like weed is a part, it's like I have to, it's like sunshine, it's not like I have to smoke it to talk about it, like I don't have to surf to say surfing, I don't have to skateboard every day, so I have skateboarded, I can skateboard, I I did sell weed, I do know what it's like, I am around, you're smoking weed every day, like I can't talk about it, Uh, he's like, you just talk about weed a lot for a guy who doesn't smoke weed, and it's a valid point, that's just my silly argument. Um, hit Elements on Sunday, put it on the front line. Tell them make some records for the So Elements was a, a place where I used to pop in and pop out. I never felt like really ingratiating the scenes, but Bonds was always good at the door to let me in. Battle Rappers is where Will I Am Battle Thefts on the Beat Battle. Just there's a documentary, the Elements documentary, if you haven't checked it out. It's so long ago in such a different scene. I was like, I never even went there Like to try to like get me to do an interview for it. I, I was like, I don't really have much to say. And I completely forgot that I did used to go there a lot. Sorry, Bonds. Thank you. Um, but we never performed there. There was never a it wasn't a place where they would play Living Legends music. I wouldn't pull up and hear my music play. Not that I make music for the club, but I don't think I was respected in the scene by certain people, but the crowd that went there didn't really fuck with my music. I wasn't going there pulling girls or getting jocked or whatever. It was, it was before you could take pictures on your phone. But it was just a place I went to hear hip hop loud and get have a couple drinks um on my way back to, to Orange County. Uh, so shout out to elements I put I don't know I probably was the first rapper to put elements on on wax for sure like to, mm-hmm. the treasure buried deep locked in your memory to provide a safe keep so even if you're digging so look treasure buried deep locked like a treasure digging what another rapper saying he can't break the seal so our music keeps playing living legend of rhyme saying I know we've been waiting so you know shit like that um, that was uh, you know me being lyrical uh and I listened to him I'm like, okay, that was clever, you know. Still, so I still want to give myself props. Was this is also a lot of a lot, a lot of things had an origin. To call me Mr. President for short credit to the sport, that was the birth of Merce for President, which wouldn't come out till six seven years later. But originally, I had an idea of doing an album with another producer and another MC um, as my like kind of flavor flave hype person, but uh, that didn't work out. So I kept it until I got to Warner Brothers. For president, but that's the first time I mentioned me being presidential was felt. So a lot of things are long. So I don't know, I know a lot of rappers that think like that, but I know I am one, and know, I know Tech Nine is one, another one. Um, the strength of the force, the force is security guard and mall rats, which I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. If anyone, and Star Wars, so strength of the force and the force, blah blah blah. My favorite slug line on this is, "Here vision is blurry, no worry. You could call me Chicken Little, Curry." Kipo Channel Spicy flipping words like ran away that fucking Chicken Little Curry he explained it to me I still don't remember what it means but it's my favorite line maybe on any felt album here vision is blurry living in a hurry no worries you could call me Chicken Little Curry Who? what it's cute it's funny it's great maybe I make Chicken Little Curry t-shirts
2: here vision is blurry Chicken little curry, keep the channel spicy, flipping words like Vanna Whitey and watch the contestants run in circles to analyze
0: me. you we go miss the quiet storm. Break down, take a part to your heart and reel. At the end, um, he shouts out Seth, who is um, I think, in an early member of the rhyme sayers family, or 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 just the scene in Minneapolis that passed away. I shout out Bigger Boy, Bigger B and Rob One, who had just passed away, and Big B who just passed away. Bigger B started a group uh 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 nightclub. Orlando called Unity, and they used to let me pass out flyers when I was a kid. R. I. P. Bigger B Rob O. N. E. S.
1: Unity and Fly I. D. Wouldn't be here without them, so the love flows free. Wouldn't be here without them, so the love flows free.
0: Then I moved to the Bay, and I came back, and I was getting buzz, and I put out for real. And Bigger B worked at Loud Records. Um He was roommates with Suge Knight, and just very essential uh, to the early foundation of label hip-hop labels in uh and in, in the west coast like exhibit like loud like all that shit pun like he was involved in a lot of shit he was the first person to book wu-tang clan um before they had album out um when they signed aloud he got them and that's why i got to see them perform at a warehouse or him in Orlando, but uh, bigger was more on the, land, uh, the label side. And then bigger, I think opened up a store in Burbank and I saw bigger be outside a club and he said he would, he wanted to manage me. He said, so many kids are coming in asking for your tapes. And when I found out it was you, like Nick, like little Nick, like they used to pass out my flyers and I worked the guest list for me, Nick. He's like, bro, I got you, let's do this. And I was like, man, it was such an honor. It was like about to be a full circle moment. And then he, um, I believe it was cardiac arrest or something, he passed away. Uh, so that hurt me. Rob 1 was one of the first. He's from CBS, um, Fly, D. Crew, Shapeshifters. When I was 15, 16, he worked at a record store. I wanted to intern at the record store or at the record. He was working with Virgin Records, all these street teams. I wanted to just be down with Rob 1. Mike Karen and I, who, who became the president of Atlantic Records at one point, Used to love me, spend night at his house. Rob took us to the record fair in Pomona. Like took us digging, and Rob just was a mentor overall through the years, and just a good friend to me. And he passed away um, right as we were doing this album on my birthday. So I wanted to shout him out at the end of that song. Next up, Suzanne Vega, where Slug got me to sing on a record when I was like nine years old. I was singing Luther Vandross in the car. I still remember on my way to the dentist, and my mother told me stop it. Don't do that. You can't sing. It hurt my feelings. Scarred me for life. I hate singing in public. Slug forced me to do that with him. I was sitting at
1: the stoplight in my car rolled down the window when this driver pulled on side of me. She offered me some endo. I told her that I I
0: didn't smoke, but I thanked her for the offer. I thought I might he said something about a sleeve tattoo sleeve uh i had no idea what a sleeve was uh i was rapping kind of about a girl i had seen at the beverly center working at like the pretzel stand one time also uh kind of my girlfriend at the time but kind of just like girls i like in general um, I always thought there was too many songs about girls with big boobies, so I was like, and you know, not too many songs, too much emphasis on that, especially in the era I grew up, like Dolly Parton, blah, blah, blah. But of course, being a black male, I was always more an ass man, as they say, or whatever. And usually, back in those times, like, if a girl had huge breasts and a huge ass, it's a rarity, but usually girls with smaller breasts had fatter asses. And I always was a fan. Anything more than a mouthful is a waste, blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to uh, put in B-Cup in there was very good. And saying I didn't smoke weed. I'm admitting that I don't smoke weed here, Sean. Damn, I wish I smoked Cause I just have to read. Weed is part of the California culture, bro. Chill, man. I admit it right there. Really like Suzanne Vega. I didn't know she sung the Luca song. I'm not sure she does, but I think she does. And so he did that part. I did DNA, uh, whatever the song is called. I don't know. But you know, do, 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 do. Yeah. And uh, that was the song. That's uh, another one of people's favorite songs. I hated doing that live because I would have to sing. And Crouch uh, was clowning me and making faces, I believe, because Crouch had never heard me sing. Crouch was new to recording Sean, but Crouch had been recording me for years. And this is back in the day where Grouch really had to engineer all the shit to do the beats and record us because we neither one of us were proficient at recording. Slug is pretty good now. He won't admit it, but he's very good at at, you know, when we do our, our rough versions now. He's even better than when we did Felt 4. I was like, man. Like felt like Sean could legit, Slug could be an engineer. Once again, the um number one, Sean Daly's number one fan podcast. Next is Rick James. It's kind of just about. Hip-hop being a sausage party and getting in fights and aggressively every everybody pursuing the same But I don't know how we came with Rick James, respect that.
1: Never mind who you thought I was. I'm Rick James, bitch.
0: Some, at some point, Sean, to me, like, you're not Ricky my James. You know, like, I think we're just talking about how Rick James dressed how he wanted to, had weird ass braids. Like, it was never really, like, Prince pulled it off. And I think, you know, some people say stole a lot of shit from Rick. But he looked cooler than Rick. He, he he made it a thing. Rick just never, I don't know. But you had to respect it because he's fucking Rick James, bro. You know what I mean? Like,
2: Fucker, I'm not your brother. Step back. Rick James, respect that. You rappers can't write. You writers can't rap. So I'ma light this room on fire and take a nap. The women like to smile. The women love to frown. So I come out to play after the sun goes down. Ain't got no money, but I got a lot
0: of luck. He wrote all the, like, you watched, it's the, there's a, um, Fuck, what is it called? It's on Showtime. My homie Sasha Jenkins directed it. It's a great documentary on Rick James. You gotta watch it. And that's why you have, like, we say what you want about whatever you want about Rick James. It cocaine's a hell of a drug. This is, be- this is before Dave Chappelle. We were recognizing the important. That's what for- always the underground leading, 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 leading the charge. This is before Rick James became Fuck Your Couch and all the years before that. Probably five, six years before that. We were saying, Rick James, respect that. Like, just, you got to respect, like, who cares if he smoked crack? Do you know the songs that he made and the music he produced and wrote? And have you seen him perform? Like, Rick James, respect that. So, like, Ricky, my James was a thing. So we just, and we, going forward, I think we included a uh, name of celebrity, Paul Rubens. We have, we always include the name of a of a celebrity on it. I don't know if we did it on Felt 4. I could look, but I'm not doing that right now. Oh, and I said, Who loves the ugly? I heard God does shameless plug, but I don't give a fuck because if the album does well, then you pick this up. God loves ugly wasn't out yet when we were recording this. By the time it came out, I believe it was out. Um, oh shit, I skipped aneurysm. You fucking idiot. That was another, that was more singing. And that's when Sean told me, Don't sing this with me. And I don't know if I read the high or low, hot and cold. I think maybe he wrote that. I wrote that. Um, but I was trying to rap to the hi hats, my rhythm. It's still challenged to this day. and That was me pushing my boundaries. I told Sean, but he told me he pushed me to go ahead and find confidence in that.
2: High to low, hot and cold, took the wheel, lost control, good and bad, long or right. Die to live a longer life, stop and go. In and out, touch and feel, scream and shout, back and forth, up and down, off the course. Fuck it now.
0: Um, he was always pushing me to, to find confidence. Like, don't sing this hook with me. And he would hate it when I would try to sing it with him live. And I don't try to sing hooks with people live anymore because he's like fall fallback. But um, that was the first time I recorded with someone who did singing on a hook and did multiple takes, I believe. Like multiple tracks, harmonies, and back and filler and all that shit. Um, but the aneurysm was about, I was just... Coming into my meds for depression and anxiety. Um, I finally I think they said it settled. They had tried Xanax, they had tried Zoloft. I think we had just settled on Paxil, me and my psychiatrist. And I think it was before I tried CBT, which I'm being very explicit or try to be very explicit to share my journey with depression and anxiety, because also this was not being talked about in rap. So I think this is one of the the first, like, suicide and shit like that. The darker moments weren't, you know, having fatal thoughts. The Ghetto Boys, it was there, Um, but this was before mental health was a real issue or talked about in the media or in rap or music as a whole as far as I knew. So I was uncomfortable talking about that. But I always find comfort in doing something uncomfortable so I went, it was an uncomfortable subject, and the rhythm was, and the beat was challenging for me to write to, so it was perfect, because I was like, well, because I was, I can always get away with, if, if my rhythm is off, if a rap is whack, at least I'm saying something that hasn't been said that needs to be said that's important. He told me not to sing on that hook, but let me sing on that hook, just, you know, him being a great leader and a great mentor. Like, hey buddy, don't do it on this one, but you could do it on that one. I thought hey, we used to perform, so we performed Aneurysm. He took me on the God Loves Ugly tour and we would do these songs because we had a record out, but it wasn't his intention, I think, bringing me on the tour. It was Brother Ali, Blueprint, myself, and Atmosphere with Dibs DJing, BK DJing for Ali, me. I think I was going off my iPod or something, which was new at the time. <laughs>
2: I wear my scars like the rings on the pimp. I live life like the captain of a sinking ship. The one thing that I can guarantee, I'm like a stepping razor. I suggest you stay fair with me. Been paying dues for a decade plus. For that I was just another face on the bus. Tapping my foot to the beat on the radio, dreaming about the
0: mic. So we're all on this tour, and eventually since we were doing felt songs and shit, Sean was like, just be my hype man, do your songs during my set. I believe that's how it went. But it was me becoming a hype man for the first time, which I was hyped because I've always been a huge Flavor flavor, Flav fan. And I always thought I was the best hype man atmosphere ever had, but I was wrong. It was Alexi. Idea had been a hype man. Alexi from Crescent Moon had. I think Lucky from Legends has, and I have. And I thought I was the best because I was probably the hypest, but that's not the job of a good hype man when you're a rapper. I think Flavor Flav takes over for Chuck D because Chuck has a lot of lyrics and he has his own different presence. Sean and I are kind of maybe similar energy. Oh, I'm the one with the DJ Ability shirt on. Shut the fuck up. Now I'm looking at this thing. I got it pulled up. Sorry. I'm the cool guy wearing my friend's shirt on the album cover with a zero wristband, super skaters, representing for zero Skate company. Anyway, <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: I believe that's how it happened. I became the hype man, but Chuck has his own thing. Flavor Flav is distinct from Chuck, but doesn't overpower Chuck. Yeah! I, I think I would, should have learned to like dial it back a little to let Slug shine, because that's the job of a hype man, is not to be a presence, but to, be, to make the front man more present, to enhance the overall thing. And I think I, not that I could overshadow him, but I distracted. I took away from the front man, which is Slug, if we're doing an atmosphere set. But it was fun, and I'm grateful. I learned a lot. But I will definitely go on record saying he was right, because he would tell me I'm not the best hype I man they ever had. Another Night was a song where I had Spanish. I think my ex-girlfriend is talking the Spanish on that one. I believe it's her. or Maybe it's Grouch's ex-wife. I'm not sure.
1: You troubling your life but it's your kingdom and I'm just another knight Her name was I, Dallas She worked a Smut Palace In a small little town below the border called Nogales She spoke little English But over all the music Just a simple sentence became hard to distinguish So we got a private room where our conversation bloomed Beyond pillow talk Told me of a one-year-old and that mind. soon The kid would talk and of course
0: he too My verse was uh, about going to Nogales Which is like 30, 40 minutes south of Tucson And south of the south side of Tucson Where I lived for a time and $1.50 for a thirty-two ounce Tecate, twenty dollars, five dollars for a lap dance, twenty dollars, maybe less than that for a lap dance, twenty dollars for a private dance. And I remember going to get a private dance, and the uh, girl was basically talking to me or my broken Spanish, her broken English, because um, I'm that kind of guy at the at the strip clubs So we just having a conversation. And basically, she was like, yeah, I'm just looking to get married and get the fuck out of here. I got a kid, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yo, how did this? This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. But um, it really put in perspective what was happening there. You know, the the politics. And, you know, not to say that I never went back, but it definitely planted a seed for me to really understand what was going on. Because I was still just, I was just now, I wasn't. I started going there because I wasn't old enough to go to American strip clubs. I think, so I was just experiencing alcohol, having my own car, strip clubs. All this, because strip clubs weren't a thing in my neighborhood growing up. Like it was. This is pre the era of rappers throwing bunch of making it rain. Like we were some of the first rappers in strip clubs throwing lots of ones before Rick Ross. Before the you know I had ever been to Magic City and or, or any of the Atlanta strip clubs I would later go to. Or before it was in rap videos like so i was still discovering myself made a lot of mistakes contributed to a lot of bad shit but um never was disrespectful with the dancers always sat on my hands like unless i was asked to touch by the woman um you know things like that like etiquette somewhat a shy guy so i was it was really weird for me going straight. so this song is kind of me processing all that or starting to process all that and um I haven't been to a strip club in years for numerous reasons, but this is the beginning of me knowing why I probably should chill. That's what my verse was about. Uh, I'm not gonna speak to Slug's verse, cause I don't know. I don't think we discussed it. Maybe we did on the long drives. And then all I could do, Slug definitely, this is like I Shot a Warhol, this is whatever the last song is on the Felt uh, album, Uh, the Dark Skies one or whatever. Like, we always have an off song. I don't know if we have one for Felt 3. I got, well, we'll hop that fence when we get to it. But this was uh, Slug, and it's like trying to get me to not be... So literal and straightforward. Like we're gonna rap about the wind and still I'm like referencing the wind and he you know.
1: Now you can go with it or against it. No matter what you choose, it's already been scripted. Or are the voices in it, whisper red choices in it. They never say the same thing twice, they know your name and they bring advice for which one to listen to. And will it push you short or just past where you getting to? Determines what you
0: get to. But um it's still like people like the song. I didn't think I it was my least favorite song on the album, but it is not the least streamed song, so I believe the list stream song is Another Night, which the story is long. The beat is dope. Shout out to Grouch. I really wish we would have done something else with that beat. Um, It didn't need to be my guilt, it sounds like, of going to strip clubs. And I don't know what shine. It didn't need to be that. We could have done a different song. That beat is dope. So sorry, Grouch. But thank you for recording this. And it kind of like, yeah, I guess, is it clear to everyone that Grouch isn't going to do the next record? I don't know. Versus Slug present? Yeah. Well, I think that was a bit of an issue, so I apologize for grudge. I didn't know we were going to do a number two, but when we did a number two, we said, let's do it with Ant. Because by then, I had toured with Atmosphere. I kind of kind of been become part of the band. And there's been multiple eras of Atmosphere. The DJ Abilities, Idea Era, the Crescent Moon Era, the Merce Era, the Back to the Crescent Moon Era, the the, the Band Era, and now the era with Ant and Plano Bill. Um, and there's probably more that I don't know. But so this was definitely... I was definitely part of the band, so it made sense for Ant to do Felt, too. Um, all I could do, I don't know if there's any notes at all, all I could do. Slug's cadence on the last, last verse is dope. You know, I did a lot of, to me, refer- biblical references, wind, and blah, blah. I think I think it was pretty decent, even though I don't think that's what he was trying to get me to do. I still think I did good with, as far as topic of wind. It was like kind of taking that idea where people used to say, I was a freestyle, so give you a topic, I could talk about anything. But if you give me a topic and I get to write about it, phew, bro, I'm going deep the wind in Egypt, the biblical reference blowing the tree, off, apple off the tree, I garden Eden, but for what? It just needs to be dope. It doesn't need to be uh, so literal. Mercy. Uh Sean's last verse, he, once again, is like the cadence. I'm just watching him, learning him. To be able to create with someone you're a fan of and someone to me that's one arguably, arguably one of the greatest rappers of all time, you know, definitely top 100, maybe even closer if you ask me, but his impact on me, on the game, like, he's the reason we had, our atmosphere is the reason we had merch booths. It's not that he came up with merch booths, it's just he grew up around punk rock people who had merch booths and shit like that. But he brought that to us, which we brought it to rap. And, like you know, we were the first rappers with merch booths. There was none before this, you know. Um, so many, and he's, once again, the, the Sean Daly uh, fan club podcast. So instrumental, it's so many positive changes in my life. Yeah, from... How I treated women on tour, to how I counted bars, to how I ran my business, just everything. And then that verse is, once again, he's just, as a rapper, just teaching me, like, this is how you can play with the beat. Merce, look at this. Without saying, go back in and change it. He could have said that, and I would have done it. Um, I always establish the quote-unquote alpha, which I've learned is the wrong terminology, but a leader when we're doing a project. And he was definitely the leader of this project. So I really flushed out that philosophy yet, yeah, but that was always my inclination. And now it's my definite philosophy. Whatever you say, do, we're going to do. I'm going to push back, but you have final say. But the pushing back part, you know, when we get to felt three, I don't feel like I pushed back enough. I kind of just let him drive the ship without having conversations or arguments or disagreements, which that friction creates dope. So, so if you're thinking of collaborating with someone, we couldn't be more different. At the core, we're both good humans, I think are humans that do our best to be good humans as you can hear from some of these lyrics on these albums i'm hopefully evolving into a better person and it's still not a perfect person but you know by the grace of god i'm still here to to, to improve but i think that i should have pushed back more on felt three but i yeah, i have an idea what you we're going to do what you say but you as long as you being a good leader knowing that you have final cut hear me out real quick to me, that's where growth is. Growth happens. That's where sometimes the dope songs are made. And that was Felt One. Uh, my first time sitting down and really collaborating and making a project with someone. Not like Living Legends, we collaborated, but it was different. It wasn't as focused and intense. And this is the time we're doing and This is the project we're doing. So yeah, man, uh, Felt One, best rapper in LA. In LA. That's enough talk, man. I love y'all, and until next time.
2: The mic gets plugged in, I get sucked in. Introduction, then crush the function. Out the back door towards the hotel. Kiss my don't tell. Blame it on the fellow.